0: The nonprofit MBA purpose is to provide new business insights and fresh creative ideas for executive directors and their teams that will help them improve their organization. Here is your host, Stephen Halasnik. Welcome everyone. My name is Stephen Halasnik and I am co-founder and managing partner of Financing Solutions. Financing Solutions is the leading provider of lines of credit to small nonprofits. Our line of credit program is easy, inexpensive, and costs nothing until used, making it a great cash backup plan for your nonprofit. If you'd like to learn more about the program, please visit us at nonprofitmbapodcast.com. And if you decide today, uh, we we will give you a $250 credit on file, or feel free to give us a call at 862-207-4118. Just remember the time to set up your line of credit is today, not when you actually have the emergency. That's what a line of credit is for. It's to be a backup plan. And because it doesn't cost anything, it kind of you know until you use it, then it makes a lot of sense to have it as a backup plan. Today I'm excited to be speaking with Gabe, Gabe Cooper from Virtuous. Gabe is the founder and CEO of Virtuous, a technology company committed to helping nonprofits grow generosity. Much more than a nonprofit CRM, Virtuous is a suite of responsive fundraising platforms designed to help nonprofit teams build better supporter relationships and increase impact with confidence. Previously, Gabe was in leadership at a large nonprofit and co founded an innovation consultancy. His drive stems from a passion to create market defining software and help charities ima- reimagine generosity. He frequently writes and speaks about empowering non- nonprofits uh, to grow generosity through technology. Gabe, welcome to today's nonprofit MBA podcast. Yeah,
1: thanks so much for having me.
0: So, Gabe, uh, today's topic, uh, just for our listeners, is and, and for all of us, of course, is how to build better donor relationships, retain more donors, and grow gi- giving. If you had to, Gabe, if you had to say the number one most important thing in in
1: building strong uh, donor relationships, what would you say it is? Yeah, it's a good question. I think, um, you know, it really comes down to the fact that giving is massively personal. It's one of the most personal things we'll do. So if you think about the last few times you gave to a charity, it's for incredibly personal reasons. Like my wife is type one diabetic and so we've been involved with juvenile diabetes or um, we adopted a child. And so we've been involved with adoption and foster care charities we give for very personal reasons and so I think as a nonprofit um, if you want to grow giving you have to figure out how to be more personal with your donors at scale like really connect with their individual passions the reasons why they gave and bring them in close to your cause in a very personal way yeah, that's great
0: I um, I'm gonna let you in on a secret um, I love crm systems (laughs) i you know i I was telling i was actually telling a friend this the other day so one of the first uh crm systems that came out was called goldmine sure and um and i bought one of the first laptops this is 25 years ago i bought one of the first laptops that came out just so that i could run goldmine software on that that's awesome and uh, and the reason for it was at the time I was in I was in sales and uh, I was working for Xerox and I saw the value in being able to re- have a system that allowed me to record everything about a client that I was working with, and so that I could have you know, so I can know everything about them. I can know about their family, their personal life, their, their work, everything. And it fits right into what you're talking about. And that is, you know, you know, if you really want to get to know somebody, I happen to have a good memory too, for remembering personal things, but you know, then there's other thing of, of course, CRM systems do for you too. But, um, but I, I, I get what you're saying, you know, using, you know, uh, you know, your memory or using a CRM system to be able to know who you're dealing with, to ask the right questions is kind of critical to the success.
1: Would you agree with that? Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I think sort of the first wave of CRMs like Goldmine were were great in that they at least allowed you to store information. So knowledge you yeah. had in your head, notes you wanted to make about the person, their their name, their contact info, you could at least store it. And I think what's exciting about sort of the next generation of technology is is it actually allows you to turn it into, you know, for lack of a better word, an offensive weapon. And so you can begin automating, you know, next steps. And so you can, your reminders when it's somebody's birthday, or you can automatically send them text messages or emails, or you can pull in third party data sources like wealth data or social media data to enhance how you listen to donors. Right. And so yeah. It's really fun this next wave of technology is really turning it just from a database into something that proactively grows giving,
0: yeah, and the other thing is like <clears throat> you know
1: i used, I don't even know if gold mine's still
0: around anymore, but um with the c r m systems that we use uh you know what's interesting is that the people who make the c r m systems like in your case yours or you know other ones um they're kind of experts in their fields. And so when you go with a a software product, you know, like a CRM system, um, everything that you would think that you would want or anything that they, that you think that, that I would want, it's progressed so well that it's automatically built into the system. So it's like the best practices of fundraising or getting donors is all built in. And all I need to do is, you know, and I, and I'm not, you know, pitching your product, uh, I'm pitching CRM systems in general. And uh, so I'm a big proponent
1: of that. I and mean, uh, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I I totally agree. It's been fun. On um, our team in particular, we have most of our team came from nonprofit, right? So we have a guy that led growth at a large nonprofit, several that came from small nonprofits. And so you're absolutely right, and that our, a lot of our team's been in the seat of, nonprofit pros and then we talk to thousands of fundraisers every day and so when you can build all those best practices and learnings in and then users get to take advantage of that right because it's you know all the funny little things that you do on a day-to-day basis when they can be automatically built into the software you're using to help make your life easier that's a good day right it, it grows generosity but it saves you a lot of time as well
0: yeah uh, it also kind of makes your job funner too right because yeah. you kind of you get to really know somebody and that's, 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 you know, that's good. Um, So if you were to break down to say the three most important parts of nonprofit CRM software, you know, yours, you know, the, the most important that you see that really affects a nonprofit,
1: what would you say the three features are? Yeah. I mean, from a feature perspective, it's really, you know, some place to store your data and get insights. And then the ability to be in to automate um, next steps with each donor. So automate email, SMS letters, and then the ability to have seamless, beautiful giving experiences to make giving really easy for your donors. I think from a feature point of view, that's probably it from a kind of a higher level point of view. I think it's helpful to think in terms of Um, what we call a responsive framework. So listen, connect and suggest. And so by that, I mean, you want a system that helps your entire team listen to your donors really well, like know what they're doing, know what makes them tick, know what they care about, know when they visit your website, know when they open your email to know everything about them and have a holistic 360 view. So you want to listen well, and then you need tools that help you connect. And so how can you send the right communication to the right person at the right time? And and do you have tools that allow you to do that on multiple channels? Mm-hmm. And then suggest is just how do you suggest the right next step at the right time? If, if you have, you know, board members or major donors listen to this, I'm sure they've all had the experience Well, they'll give a, a $10,000 gift and then a month later, they'll get a piece of mail that asks them for $50 a month and they'll think, what the heck? Like I literally just gave $10,000 and you're asking me for $50 a month, right? So yeah that's the kind of thing we want to avoid as a nonprofit is how do we suggest the right thing at the right time. So we're meeting our donors where they're at. How do you do that? How do you,
0: how do you in the system, uh, Mark who gets com-
1: communicated, uh, differently? Yeah, that's right. So it's just, it comes down to, um, setting up rules for, um, who gets what, when, and being able to better segment your donor. So, you know, um, For example, in our system, um, everybody that visits your website could see a completely different gift ask or giving array on your donation page. And so you're using kind of like AI technology to say, oh, this person's given three $50 gifts in the past. We should probably ask them for 50 bucks a month. Or this person has high giving potential because we look at your real estate holdings or your public wealth data and know that You're probably not a $50 a month donor. You're probably a $50,000 a year donor. And so we just leave a blank box. And so you can let your imagination go wild. And so by using um, connected technologies and and some interesting data analytics, you can really customize the experience for each person.
0: Are are you integrating that uh, into other databases that tell
1: you that that person's worth a lot of money Mm -hmm. and stuff like that? Yeah. yeah, that's exactly right. So you can use the data that's in your own system. So if everybody has a different engagement footprint with you, right, they volunteered once, they've given a couple of gifts, they visited your website, they opened an email, so you can use all of that data that you have. And then you can start pulling in third party data sources. So um, like publicly available wealth data, you can, um, there's several providers out there in the space, but they basically tell you, you know, this is this person's net worth. This is their giving capacity. This is the public gifts that they've made in the past. And then we can get an even more full idea. You, you can also pull in geolocation data. So our, our system will say, Hey, um, you know, Steven lives in this neighborhood around three other donors. And so that's that's a bit of information. So now you begin to see how people are connected either through geolocation or even social media. Um, and so you, you sort of combine all those data points and then you want a system that helps you make sense of it and bubble up insights that you can act on.
0: Yeah. I never really uh, knew how that, um, accurate the wealth, that wealth information would be. Um, like, I guess now that you say the geolocator, I guess they use the value of your, the person's house to kind of determine
1: their worth and, uh, is, is that how it works? Yeah. So um, real estate is a big part of wealth data. Honestly, wealth data is just a helpful, it's a helpful signal, but it's not perfect, right? You actually want to talk to the person. So it comes down yeah. to, you know, the real estate holdings, any public gifts they've given in the past. And there's several other things you can pick up around wealth publicly. But then, you know, you also want to know, oh, they seem to be passionate about Malaria more than they are water. Now I know at least how to tee up a conversation to determine if we're going to be their charity of choice. Now I at least know sort of the range of gift they might be capable of. But it's it's uh, it's a bit more nuanced than just saying, "Hey, their home's worth five million bucks. I think they can get fifty thousand uh, No, yeah, I figured. So let's so let's take
0: a typical scenario. Most of our listeners who are listening today that their their nonprofit t- are typically under five million dollars in revenue a year. Um. From your experience, this, a smaller nonprofit, even you know less than a million, you know what were what are they using for cr? What, what are they using instead of CRM right
1: now? They're just using their memory.
0: Is yeah. that what they're?
1: A lot of them are using um, uh, CRMs that are more basic, built for small nonprofits. Some of them are still oh. using spreadsheets, and so those would be the most typical. And I think those are good. And then they're using other, they're usually cobbling together a few different tools. And so they'll use MailChimp for email. You know, they're probably using QuickBooks for accounting. And so they're kind of duct taping together a few different tools to make sense of who their donors are, which, which honestly works fine if you only have a hundred donors, right? Cause you kind of know everybody, but social science tells us that we can realistically only maintain a relationship with about 120 folks. And so, you know, Once you start getting 500, 1,000 donors, then it becomes a problem. You just, you can't manage it in your brain or in Excel anymore.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so people who have uh, the traditional systems that you mentioned, and then they jump into a CRM systems, uh, what have you seen,
1: how does their organizations change? Yeah, well, number one, your team has visibility now, right? And so you find it a lot of small nonprofits where they have either an executive director or one fundraiser, and they have most of the relational insights stuck inside their head. And if they get hit by a bus, you're in deep trouble because they know they everything's on some legal pad somewhere. And so yeah. number one, it puts in a safe place and gives visibility to the team. That's really helpful. But then number two, it it allows them to take action way easier. And so now they know, oh, you know, this this half of our donors respond really good to email, the other half don't, right? Or we now we know that um, we have 100 donors that are in Des Moines, and we should probably host an event in Des Moines for our 100 donors in Des Moines, you know, it, it begins giving you more insights that you can actually act on, which is which is really hard when you're just in in spreadsheets or a more basic database.
0: You know, you, you brought up a really good point when you're saying, you know, uh, God forbid something should happen to the executive director who has all the connections at the nonprofit. You know, the the CRM system is um, allows you to have business succession. Mm-hmm. I can see where if, if it's being used on a you know on a consistent basis, someone else who's stepping into that role. Uh, regardless if it's um, for whatever reason um, can easily pick up where the other person left off. That's right. Um, So you're, you're really um, by going with some type of CRM system and having a system in place uh, allows you to ensure the, the the longevity of the nonprofit, which, you know, is important. Yeah.
1: Resiliency is really important. And then, you know, as you begin scaling, then it's it it moves from just resiliency to then how do we what are we doing to raise more money, right? So yeah, one of the biggest issues there is is really donor retention for most small nonprofits. So people, you know, a typical non non small nonprofit, people will give one gift and then 76% of the time they'll never give again. And so it just creates this really leaky funnel where you know, you're always out hustling, trying to raise money, and you're always trying to make ends meet month over month. And so one of the things that, that a CRM plus some marketing tools help you do is retain your donors better, right? So you can actually reach out to them more often in a more personal way to keep them around longer. And so you're not always just feeling like you're shoveling water out of the boat um, month over month trying to raise money.
0: You said something before that caught my attention um, in regards to um, uh, people using um, QuickBooks and uh, Mailchimp, and then there maybe another system. Does does like let's say for example your system interact
1: pull data from QuickBooks? Yeah. So our system integrates with QuickBooks, and you'll find others that integrate with QuickBooks as well, or other accounting tools. And so what we find is you want integrating with an accounting system makes life easier for your accounting team. But really the most important thing is integrating with your marketing tools. So like a CRM that also does email, that does direct mail, and that does SMS so that um, your, your website, your email, all your other marketing activities aren't disconnected. And then that way you, you know oh, I only want to send this direct mail piece to these people, you know, about this topic. And you can begin being much more sophisticated or I want to text these people. Or I want to call back these people. If those systems are connected, what you find is you're able to fundraise way more effectively, as opposed to what a lot of nonprofits do, which is just a spray and pray approach. You know, they have a list of donors and, you know, in November, we're going to blast out all of our donors with the exact same thing. Now you're able for yeah. the first time to be a little more sophisticated.
0: I, I have to, the, the CRM nerd in me is going to ask you a question and that is from a feature standpoint, I, I, I think of my own CRM system that, that I, I really love. Um, and are you, are, you, are, are you able to hit a button to make an automatic, to make the call and record
1: that call that that person is making yeah. So it depends. We're for some of our customers we're integrated with their VoIP system. So their like yeah. donor support team, the, somebody will call in, the number will automatically pop to the donor's record and they'll, they'll do some call recording through their VoIP. And so, um, you can do that. What we find that that gets used even more is for major donor folks or that are out on the road, having a mobile app where you can dictate notes after the call into your mobile yeah. app. So you just, yeah. dictate notes into your CRM, that ends up being even more popular.
0: Yeah. I um I didn't think as much about uh the people probably are on the road talking to people live. Mm-hmm. So that kind of makes sense. The reason why I asked about the um you know the a lot of the nonprofits uh the you know you have one or two people who are doing lots of fundraising, right? Mm-hmm. And and sometimes you need to train other people coming in and it's great to be able to listen to their calls. Yes. And to, to do training on that. And, you know, um, it's, it really allows you to uh, uh, take years of experience that someone has and really kind of pass it down to the next person. So that's why I kind of mentioned that. I know for us, that's a big deal. Um, the, the training component of it is one of the main things I wanted. Yeah. So, um, so once somebody, um, where do you see, CRM going in your space with nonprofits, like what are nonprofits asking for that you haven't come out yet that you can say, oh, okay, this is where the future CRM is going to have to go.
1: Yeah. I mean, I really think where it's evolving is, is I kind of mentioned this before, but moving from just, uh, just the database, I think nonprofits for forever have just thought about their CRM is this is the database where we dump all of our gift and donor information and our notes about donors. And it's really moving from that from you know a database into uh call it an engagement system. So we call it a responsive fundraising platform, but it's it's now it moves from just a place to store your data to a place that helps you respond in real time to donor behavior. Mm-hmm. And so you know somebody gave a first gift, I want them to get these three communications or if somebody's about to lapse, I want to know what somebody on my team to call. And so now it's beginning to automate engagement and using um, machine learning and AI to be able to bubble up the right action at the right time. And so that's really where it's it's going is, is using data to drive engagement at scale rather than yeah. just being a dumb database. Yeah. So,
0: so giving you insights that you didn't even think you would need to, that you would want to ask. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. How far away are you there now? Or is that, is that
1: where um, you think it's going to go? Well, I mean, we feel like our system does most of what I just said, though. um, It's never done. Right. So I don't think we're, we're constantly innovating. The entire industry is constantly innovating. Right. And so everybody's pushing into this. And so, you know, who knows? who knows where it's going to be five years from now, but I think that's the trajectory of, of where we're headed as an industry. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, so virtuous, your company, um, how many people use your product? How many companies
1: uh, or, you know, nonprofits? Uh, I don't know the exact um, customer count. I have to look It's thousands of fundraisers that are using it. Yeah. Yeah. And
0: uh, is it, are you one of the leaders in the space?
1: Uh, within our within our portion of the market, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, there's uh, – within our portion of the market, it's a lot of, like, BlackBot and Salesforce and then other players, like, you know, DonorPerfect or Neon. Those are some of the popular ones for yeah. folks we sell to.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I see DonorPerfect around a lot, but they're uh, – it looks like they're more geared toward larger –
1: organizations. I don't know if that's true or not. Yeah, they have they have pretty, plenty of small guys too on their platform, oh. so that is a popular one. Yeah, I can't imagine a
0: nonprofit going to something like Salesforce though. Um it happens all the time. Really? Yeah. Because it, it's just that the, it's not a vertical that specializes in nonprofits, so they, you know, it's kind of you have to make out of it what you want. Yes. Um I think I, I I think the people that would go to Salesforce would only be people who um, hadn't known about CRM. I know, like the CRM system that we use for our company now. I I saw it at a conference, so I wasn't aware that there that they someone had made a CRM system just for my industry. Mm-hmm. And boy, it, it was a huge difference. Like I was using Microsoft Dynamics uh, for for our CRM system, which is like Salesforce, and uh, and. Um, you know, going to someone who specialized in my market, it just made a
1: huge difference. They had everything I wanted. I didn't have to kind of build it, yeah. you know? so You're in um, exactly right there. And we see it all the time where like a board member will have used Salesforce in their, at their corporate job.
0: Yeah, at their corporate and job. And they say, right? you
1: guys should be using Salesforce. And then a the nonprofit will get, you know, they'll be tens of thousands of dollars in consulting fees into it, trying to use duct tape and bailing wire to make Salesforce do what they want, as opposed to, you're exactly right, a vertical specific CRM that's, you know, made by nonprofit professionals for the needs of nonprofit professionals. That's, it's always going to get you there faster.
0: But what did, because you're kind of an industry insider in general and nonprofits, what did you hear from
1: the nonprofits over the past 12 months because of COVID? yeah it's a great question i think it's it's really been it's accelerated what i think a lot of nonprofits already knew which is the way we've always done things isn't going to work anymore like we can't we can't be fully dependent upon our one in-person gala a year for fundraising or we can't um we don't even know how our donors are feeling and what they're thinking And we have no mechanism to really communicate or listen to our donors. Well, we've just been blasting stuff out to them. We can't do that anymore. We have to be more in tune with how our donors are thinking or feeling. And nonprofits have known that. And I think COVID just accelerated it, right? And so you're seeing a lot of digital transformation in the nonprofit space and a lot of nonprofits sort of innovating and moving toward, you know, how are we, how are we getting creative about building relationships with our donors at scale?
0: Now I, I before this podcast I was I was doing another podcast um with a fundraising expert and he you know uh, he said that during COVID um all of his clients and I you know can kind of we can you know kind of uh, uh, talk about them but uh, they all uh they they grew tremendously during COVID. Yes. And um and and so uh, I'm not going to get into the reasons why and I don't want to uh, spend the time now talking about that. But I'm curious, uh, did, did your growth of people, uh, did, did, did people bringing
1: on CRM systems increase over the last 12 months? Um, I think so. I think there are probably a lot of small nonprofits that didn't have one before that did have one. And I, and I do think generally there was a lot of great growth in the space. I don't I don't want to be overgeneralized because I know, especially a lot of arts organizations were really hurting. Honestly, yeah. Right. Yeah, so yeah. they're very yeah. dependent upon in-person generally. And so it was hard. But in other areas like human services and faith-based, that we saw tremendous growth and a lot of innovation. And I think there were a lot of organizations that, as the world changed and they were seeing people be more generous, they were, they were trying to innovate quickly and keep up. Right. And so sometimes yeah, that yeah. CRM adoption and CRM change. Yeah.
0: in it, 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 the vertical inside of nonprofits that you see uses using your software the most, like you mentioned the arts, right. Mm-hmm. I, you know, so that's when we think of it, is there a vertical inside of nonprofits that tend to use the CRM system the most? No, I mean, I think
1: I think each vertical, um, especially at a particular stage, get very dependent upon CRM. So whether it's university, healthcare, human services, animal and environment, faith based, um, they all are dependent upon CRM. And for the most part, their needs are similar. And there's nuance within each of them. You know, healthcare has some nuance around um, grateful patient programs for people that have have. Um, you know, benefited from their care but generally speaking each of the verticals is pretty dependent upon crm and and generally speaking we are seeing innovation across all the verticals so we serve clients in all of those verticals today but we're seeing a lot of innovation across every vertical what what
0: you tell me if if you know the think of your best client and uh, not a large one yeah maybe someone in the middle or a little smaller think of your best client for CRM. It might be someone who's, who's used you a, a long time, the power user. Mm-hmm. What have you seen them do with CRM that you've been like, wow, this person is pretty, yeah. you know, pretty good with this. And what are they doing? I mean, I know you mentioned this stuff before about how, you know, how to stuff, but mm-hmm. what do you, what do you notice with a power
1: user? Yeah. You know, especially for our, our small guys, one of the biggest steps that we see is leaning into getting rid of donor churn. So how do, how do you retain donors? Because if you can figure out how to keep people around for a long time, it, it really transforms you financially as a nonprofit. So for our little guys, it's, it's using CRM and automation to start doing things like new donor welcome series. So with a lot of the nonprofits that are small, it used to be that somebody would give a gift Maybe they would get a receipt thirty days later, and then sixty days later they'd get like an email or a letter, right? That's not th- that donor just made a gift. They're passionate yeah. about your causes. Not professional. You got to do yeah. better, right? And so a lot of them have put in. Oh, when somebody gives a first gift, we know we're going to send. They're going to get a phone call from us, and we're going to send them a text message, a couple of emails, and a postcard that talks about their impact and just that that sort of new donor welcome experience has been transformative and some of, some of the nonprofits even the small ones we work with they're doing that really well now and they've seen their donor retention getting somebody from that first gift to a second gift just go through the roof because now they're they're able to be really responsive to donors love on them right away tell them thank you it's been transformative financially in wow. cases
0: i guess you and it's it's so measurable too right you could you could say, okay, this is what the CRM system costs. And then you come in and you say, this is, you know, how much money we've raised through existing donors and then see what it changes 12 months later,
1: you know. and That's right. And it's it's different for everybody, but for our guys, they see about a 12% um, improvement in donor retention and about a 10% improvement in average gift across all of our customers. And so it at the end of the day, that's like a, a 10X ROI on their CRM purchase. I mean, the it just makes a, a ton of sense. And so moving to these technologies is more than just when you need a place to store our data, it really does move the needle on generosity.
0: I can imagine that the people who are, um, they, they have your system inso- installed, they, you guys must become like a nonprofit fundraising consultant to them in mo- mo- many regards. Cause it, I mean, you see what's happening in everybody else's world. And so you can kind of say, hey, you know, the best practices for this is to do this. So I, I can kind of I know that's what happens with me, with my CRM system. When I call my my company, I'm like, you know, I'm trying to do this. And they're like, oh, OK, this is the way you want to do it. And by the way, you know, this is this is
1: also helpful for you. Is that uh, that's accurate? Yeah, that's accurate. I mean, we always talk about a platform, playbooks and people. So you kind of need all three of those. Right. It's the software is important, but you need. A playbook. So, you need to know what the best practices are, the things I need to be doing strategically and tactically to be successful. I need a playbook for that. And then I need people. So, I need somebody at that company that I can talk to, that can help me through, that can provide training, all that kind of thing. And unless you have all three of those, you're never going to get the full benefit. So, yeah, we find ourselves doing that a lot or just partnering with other people. You know, there's some great fundraising agencies out there that we partner with. And so, they can they're helping provide that coaching too on you know here's the things you should try or here's what you need to change
0: that's cool now uh i'm just curious international you do work or is it it's all it's everywhere huh?
1: yeah we have uh a lot of clients internationally so folks in the uk and australia let's see where else? india um canada you know kind of all over how, how is the
0: software market for nonprofits uh, uh, internationally, uh, are all the software providers in the United States, um, or is there other company, other countries that are strong s-
1: software as a service, so to speak, model? I'm just curious. In the nonprofit space, most of them are in the U.S., but there are every country has its own like little solutions or software companies that have sprouted up. And so, especially in places like UK, Australia, and Canada, they have pretty rich, healthy nonprofit ecosystems. The, the laws and are in each of those countries are different. Right. And so yeah. there's, they, it varies a little bit, but there, there are software providers in those countries that have kind of sprouted up to help. Cool. Cool.
0: All right. Good. Well. Good stuff. Uh, we we I think we really talked CRM to death here. <laughs> and uh, but I you know again I I you you found the right person to interview you because I really like CRM. So I you know I really would like to thank Gabe uh, Cooper from Virtuous for coming on to today's podcast. If you like today's podcast, please feel free to share it with a friend and also subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. If you like today's podcast, please give us a review on your podcasting app to help us get the word out. The Nonprofit MBA podcast is very, very popular. We have thousands of listeners. Um, And of course, if you're looking for a line of credit for your nonprofit, you can call us at 862-207-4118 or visit our website at nonprofitmbapodcast.com. Gabe, um, if anyone wants to
1: reach your company or you, how would they go about doing that? Yeah, you can learn more at virtuous.org. And if you want to talk to us, you can just fill out a form on that site. Um, If you want to learn more about some of what I talked about today in terms of responsive fundraising under the, the learn tab on that site, there's a link called responsive fundraising. We also wrote a book called responsive fundraising that's available on Amazon or anywhere fine books are sold. You can check that out as well.
0: Oh, good. Thanks for coming on, Gabe. Yeah, thank you. And, uh, you know, all our listeners, uh, we, I say this at every uh, podcast and I will say it at every future one, thank you for everything that you do for making the world a better place. We all need to do our part. Um, I need to do my part. You're already doing your part. <laughs> Maybe you need to take a vacation from doing your part. Um, and I just wanted to thank you for what you do f- to make, uh, the place, uh, the world a better place. Everyone have a fantastic day. Get out there, enjoy the weather. Uh, The last 12 months seems to be behind us and things are moving forward. So uh, have a fantastic day, everybody. See you later.